Hello, and welcome back to Bucket List Bums. I'm Riley. And I'm Haley. And this is episode two. We're covering our trip from September 2021, which was Croatia. It's going to be a multi-part series. It was 10 days, so we've got a lot to talk about. And this first one we're going to cover um, just our first city, Dubrovnik, because it is one of the, the most known, well-known travel destinations in Croatia. Um, but to start off, we're going to do our little fun segment, like our date questions. So this episode, we came up with more traveling questions for one of them. Yeah. Um, so I'll start and ask you, was there something someone said while traveling to you that has stuck with you to this day? Okay, so something that I took away from traveling or something that somebody said to me while I was traveling that, I, that has stuck with me since um, was when I was in Thailand, one of the teachers was from Iran, Iran, and um, her daughter went to school in the U.S., and she said she hadn't seen her in four or five years because she couldn't get a visa in, and if her daughter left, there was a chance that there'd be some type of sanction or something, so it really put in perspective, like, how, how lucky we are to kind of have the password that we have where we can move around freely, and what about you? I would say the one thing that has stuck with me since I started traveling was I was at this jewelry shop in Santorini and I was looking at this bracelet and it wasn't so much as as whether or not I wanted the bracelet. It was like, did I just want to drop money on it? Because it wasn't like a very cheap one, but it wasn't that expensive. And the Greek lady that was in the shop said, how are you ever going to pick out a husband if you can't even decide on a bracelet? And I was like, you know what? I'll take the bracelet. That is true, Haley. You can't even decide on a boyfriend, so... So my question for you is, what is something that you want to learn or get better at at some point in your life? Um, I would love to be able to fluently speak another language. Yeah. And to learn how to surf. Surf? Like, you want to just, like, stand on the board and ride it? Or you want to, like, you know, shred the gnar? I want to shred the gnar, but I don't need to... I don't need to shred the gnar. But I don't need to be out there, like, doing tricks and stuff. Okay. I just... And I also don't need to be out there with... But why surf? Like why surfing? Like, do you want to get bit by a shark, or is it just like you just like feel like it's a little bit of like playing with fire? But maybe not. I just it looks so fun. It it doesn't. I think you want to be scared for your life and not know what's under your legs. I don't. I'm not afraid of that. Anyways, Uh, ah, you didn't ask. You didn't ask me. Yeah, you just told me I was getting eaten by a shark. You didn't ask me. What is something you (laughs) want to learn and or get better at? I'm going to piggyback off yours because I would love to learn another language because that's like a part of my brain that just doesn't function. Like, it's like, just does not understand the concept (laughs) of how you could split your brain and learn two languages. So that's why I want to do it because it would be like probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. So yeah. Okay. So now we're going to kind of get into Croatia. First, we're going to talk about like how we picked Croatia and why. Yes, so we picked Croatia because, well, we knew we wanted to take a trip international. Croatia was on both of our lists. I've been to a lot of countries in Europe, so have you. So we wanted to go somewhere both of us have never been. And we were also looking at, because it was COVID, we were looking at what countries also have not closed to the U.S. or what countries, if they closed, were only closed for a very short amount of time. And it kind of worked out because it literally... Same week we were leaving was when the Delta variant kind of was peaking, and it was the week that the EU was deciding on whether they were going to remove 
uh, people from the U.S. to travel. They had even come out with a strong recommendation of saying they they think Americans should not be allowed yeah. in. Yeah. So we're, you know, every day checking to see where Croatia's stance was on this recommendation. Because we were leaving on a Friday or Thursday. Thursday. We were leaving on Thursday, and this happened Monday. Yeah. So <laughs> we were just kind of like, are we going to be able to go? We had both talked about backup. Mexico was our backup. Mexico was our backup. Mm -hmm. And it was going to kind of be like a super last minute decision. But literally that Wednesday was when they announced that they weren't going to follow that recommendation and that... And Croatia had no plans anytime soon to not let Americans in or it wasn't even kind of... It kind of seemed like it wasn't even a discussion they were going to have. It's just like, no, we're staying the way we are. But it did make the flight a little nerve wracking because we were like, well, what if we land and... They have made a decision, and then we have to turn around. It was just kind of, it was it was definitely a um, spontaneous and spur of the moment kind of thinking. We were just going with the flow. I remember every day my parents being like, "Are you guys still going? Are you still going?" I'm like, "We're going," but I think our hope too was we were flying um, on Delta from JFK to Dubrovnik. We were hoping that if there was some kind of announcement, Delta would have notified us while we were on the yeah. plane, being like. Well, folks, yeah, yeah, we are turning around or we are landing and then you will be on the next flight out or something right. of that nature. Well, then another thing that was like really sketchy about the whole thing was when we got to the gate to check in, the lady was like, this, this COVID test doesn't work. And not it, even the gate. We were at, um, we were in the check-in. We were at luggage. Like we yeah. didn't even go through security yet. Yeah. And she was like, this isn't going to work, which it was a, it was. It was a rapid test, but it was better than the rapid test. It was, I don't know, remember the code. gold standard rapid test. Yeah, so we were literally Googling it, researching it, showing her that it's like the gold standard, but it just is, it's just its own kind of, oh yeah, it was an NAAT test, which is the gold standard. Yes. But she just would not, whatever. So we literally argued with her, Haley's over here Googling Mexico, Airbnbs. We were just going to switch our flight right then and there. And then she like... I, I told my parents dropped us off at the airport. I said, you might want to hang out in the cell phone lot because I'm not sure we're getting past this point. Yeah. And what was really weird about it was Croatia was allowing on arrival testing, but Delta wasn't allowing people to fly without it. It was so weird. So it was really, and I mean, I get there, there, there's a bit of liability there because still, if I test a negative on arrival, then they probably have to, you know, get me back to the US. So that was maybe their concern, but it was just like, what the heck? Yeah. So it took like 30 minutes. Like we thought we were going to be late for our flight because she was, you know, she finally went back somewhere. She took your, I think she took your passport and the test and like disappeared for probably 10 to 15 minutes into a back room. And meanwhile, when she's looking at your test, she was like, I'm not seeing this on the website. I'm not seeing this on Croatia's government website. And I was the one who had to, I gave her my phone and I had the government website pulled up. I said, this was issued this morning from the government. Right. I said, this is where it said, this is the gold standard of testing by Croatia's guidelines. We, anyways, it worked out, but we were potentially going to Mexico too. So glad we got to go, but you know, whatever. Oh yeah. I was fully Googling when the next Delta yeah. flight was yeah. to uh, Mexico out of Charlotte. Yeah. So, yeah, but it worked out. <laughs> we had no issues on arrival by the way with that test. So. No, no, they didn't even hardly look at it to be honest. I was a little nervous. So <laughs> it kind of seemed like more of a formality, like, Oh, good for you. I think they just check for negative and positive. And right. They let you go. Yeah. So to the logistics a bit, we booked our flight through Skyscanner. Um, it was a direct flight from JFK. So obviously we had to go from Charlotte to JFK. 
This was a new line for Delta II. We went on September 3rd we left and the line opened September 1st. So it was pretty much empty. I mean, there well, not empty. There were just a lot of open seats. There were a lot of open seats. Also, a lot of people were nervous to fly because the Delta variant was very prominent. So I think that was a big determinant as well yeah. for the empty flight. Um, but because it was a new line, it was only $750 for... The flight for me, I had a huge voucher with Delta because I had a bunch of flights booked to go to England because that's where my grad school was. So I had a bunch of flights and then because of COVID and everything getting put online, um, I ended up canceling all of those flights. So I had a pretty big voucher. So I think mine only cost me like a hundred bucks yeah. to go. So it's definitely worth it. Um, and flights anyways to Dubrovnik are expensive. Let me say that. They're not, even within Europe, they're not the cheapest things. It's still expensive to get to Dubrovnik. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because when I, I studied abroad in college and Croatia was on my list to go in study abroad, but I ended up taking it off my list because it was so expensive to get in and out of Croatia. Hmm. Like even from why. Greece. Because, That's weird. Yeah, it was still so expensive. That's really weird. So when we got there, we stayed in Airbnbs, which we kind of touched on this on our last episode, but like Airbnbs in other countries are definitely the move. Airbnbs in the U.S., eh, I don't know. They have, you know, they rack up cleaning fees and stuff in the U.S., but in other countries, they're they're pretty affordable. So, yeah, so we stayed in Airbnbs, um, and we'll kind of break down the cost based off our location and everything in a second. Um, and then Haley had international plan. I did not. I have T-Mobile. So yeah. if anyone has T-Mobile, you have the international plan, and it works in certain countries, what I didn't realize, though, is that, and usually I feel like when you have a phone and you land in another country, it sends you a text. It's like, welcome to whatever. Here's like, here's information you need to know. We landed. I never got a text. <laughs> and then we were driving through the mountains at one point, And I got a text like six days after we'd been there. It was like, welcome to Croatia. Here's <laughs> what you need to know. So the whole time I'd been operating on 2G, not knowing I didn't have my full 5G capability, even though my phone said 5G. So, so it was kind of, it was like hindsight 2020, I would have just gotten a SIM card. That's what I've done any other place. And it's definitely, I think, worth it. I, there were times where we were like, where are we? We'll get into that. Yeah, but, our, but also yeah. SIM cards are typically pretty cheap a lot of countries do have options where it's like a month or a couple of days it's like ten dollars for it's like so definitely way cheaper than united states phone plans yes and they are good phone plans yeah so you can always do that so that's a logistic last little logistic item um and then we're gonna break down our days so we flew to dubrovnik which what do they call that the gem of the adriatic right yeah, it's the gem of the Adriatic. The gem of the Adriatic. Um, we spent what it was two full days and then two half days. So it was basically three days. We landed at 11.15 a.m. This is what I think is interesting. Is at least from what I understand, Delta is the only U.S. airline that flies into Dubrovnik. And when if you've ever flown international before, you know these are massive, massive planes. They carry like 400 people on them. I don't think Dubrovnik's airport is set up to handle that many people coming in at customs. No. It kind of felt like we were all just like crammed in some back room they had. It was so small. People were standing on the stairs. It was just felt very unorganized. Yeah. And it took forever. 
Like they were pulling people to the front who were handicapped, which we have no problem with. But it was people like with a sprained ankle. <laughs> so we were like, what? What yeah, is this? We got this? skipped like 10 times, I feel and like. And there was British people behind us. And even the British people were getting irritated because they said, what? They were like, we've never seen anything like this happen at any customs. <laughs> but yeah. And then the guy in front of us didn't have the right paperwork. So then that took oh, like yeah. 15 minutes. And so when we got up there, she basically just like stamped our papers and was like, go. I just, just be done. Which was nice since I was already anxious about my test anyways. Another note here is that Dubrovnik is not very close to the airport. It was a 30 minute Uber ride. If you have ever seen Game of Thrones, you know kind of like the aerial view of it. And some of it is you, you can tell it's above. There are mountains around Dubrovnik. So it's almost like the mountains came down and it's in the foothill and then it goes straight into water. Right. So it's kind of like it was built, like, we don't really want to build on the mountain, so we'll build here. <laughs> so to get in there, you're just on windy roads, all, like just kind of chilling Two on the side. Two lane roads. Yeah, on the side the of the mountain. So mm-hmm. um, that might be why it took 30 minutes. But um, so then we checked into our Airbnb, which was $113 for three nights, which is insane. Um, and then mm-hmm. we split it. And it was a little hole in the wall, but, like, it got the job done. Yeah, it's definitely, I think there are Airbnbs that are meant for, like, more comfortable stays, more luxurious. When we travel, we don't stay in an Airbnb. We use it solely for sleeping and keeping our stuff there. Right. So we have, you know, we're not looking for couches and kitchens. We're like, okay, we need a shower and a bed. It did have a kitchen, though. A little, little mini, little mini kitchen. I don't know why, but it, did. it had a little teeny tiny sink and then like two stovetop burners and then the, like a mini fridge. So yeah. we did use the mini fridge, but I mean, after that, we just like, we just need a shower and a bed essentially and a few yeah. outlets. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that was like, we didn't stay inside the walls because that, you know, jacks yes. the price a lot more. So we stayed just outside of them. So if you don't know, Dubrovnik is a walled city. I just assumed part of the wall was destroyed because I feel like whenever you say walled city, it's never actually fully walled. It's been destroyed in wars or whatever. It's still fully walled. So we did not stay inside the city walls. We stayed outside. And so then when we got there, we checked in and then we immediately went to the beach. We went to a little convenience store and bought... How many, we, we just like stocked up for the trip. It wasn't like we were drinking it all at first, but we dro- we got like three bottles of wine for 10 bucks. Because it was on sale, by the way. It was like a deal. It was like, if you get three, you get them for $10. If not, you have to pay regular price. So I guess we were like, I guess yeah. we're getting three. Yeah. And everything that's like made in Croatia is a lot cheaper because they don't have to, you know. So they were Croatian wine. And then we spent a few hours at the beach, which the beach at, in Croatia is not sand. We were chilling on some rocks. I think it's like that a lot of places in Europe, yeah, though. I agree. It's, yeah, I I almost feel like it's more rare to find a beach with sand. Unless you're on islands, I think that's more common. But if you're on the actual European coastline, I think it's rocks. Yeah. And we're not talking big boulders. Like, we're little pebbles to the point where if you... It's like a... It's getting like a foot massage, but like a painful one. <laughs> something I learned from this trip... I'm Next time I'm taking water shoes with me because, holy crap, it is so hard to walk. You know, she was making fun of me because I brought some. And she's like, why are you wearing your shoes? I'm like, because the ground hurts. And then I got it. When I started coming out of the water, I was like, oh, oh. And I was oh, yeah. falling over because my I couldn't step in certain places and my feet hurt. It was, bring yeah. shoes with you. Yeah. Um, but so there was a beach bar sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And you had to pay and then the chairs. And so what we did was we just went next to the beach bar onto the bigger rocks. Yeah, onto the boulders. <laughs> and we just 
put a towel down. We were still sharing a towel at this point. We yep. put her towel down and we just got right in the water with yep. our bottle of wine. <laughs> Had our little like mermaid moment on a rock. We were just kind of hanging on to this one rock because there was like some pretty good waves. So we yeah. were getting like tossed around a bit, but <laughs> it, was, yes. it was still fun. And then this woman came and just got topless, like, right in our spot. She didn't even get topless. She showed up topless. Like, just put our towel right by our towel, and we just got a view for the whole time we were in the water. I just, I wish I was that confident enough to be able to do it. Like, I wish I could just be like, you know what? I'm doing it. I just can't. I (laughs) couldn't. I couldn't do it. There's, like, kids everywhere. Like, I just, mm mm-mm. I just couldn't. I was just like, you go, girl, but that is not something you do in the U.S. That is like a no-no for us, but it is very, very common in Europe. So you're going to see it, whether it's a family beach, whether it's a private beach, you're going to see it. I think the first surprise of that day was how salty the water was, right? I mean, that was... Yes, I didn't realize how salty it was. Like, you, I mean, Haley's not very buoyant, but, like, I was, like, floating, like, pretty much. I sink in ocean water, in pools, everything. I sink. For whatever reason, I sink. Yeah, so the water's really, really salty. Um, It's also pretty cold. We're used to the Atlantic water, which warms up to be, like, bath water in the summer. So when it's very hot in Croatia and the water's cold, it's a little... I was like, what is this? It was, I mean, it was refreshing, but you did get, I think you were more cold than I was. Well, I have a hard time getting in water when it's cold anyway. So as soon as I know it's cold, I'm like, ooh, this is not what I want. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we drank our bottle of wine, which didn't help with our jet lag. And we went back and we were like, let's just take a 30 minute nap. By the way, (laughs) we had to climb up a massive Oh yeah, we didn't talk about that. We never realized in Dubrovnik that there are so many stairs. Never occurred to me. I've never heard anyone talk about it. There's a lot of stairs. So we had to go up these stairs and down these stairs. So not only have we been swimming for hours and then we are tired because we don't sleep on planes at Mm -hmm. all. So neither of us slept all night. Well, I did. Let's go back a little bit. (laughs) So Haley and I did not sit together. We did not sit together by choice because she likes an aisle seat Mm -hmm. and I like a window seat. And when we booked the flight, we couldn't find one together. So somehow, I don't really remember being seated in the seat that I chose, but I know we chose, but I definitely was not seated in this seat that I chose. And I was towards the back of the plane and I had a whole three seat row to myself. And I thought to myself, should I get Haley? No, I shouldn't. (laughs) I want to sleep. <laughs> so I had a little nappy poo. I was just spread out. Felt like I was on a nice little bed. Now I feel bad about it. But, you know, then it was it was a good decision. <laughs> yeah, I got up to use the bathroom at one point And I was like, where is she? And then I was like, I swear, if she's one of these people under the blanket stretched out across <laughs> three, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> and then we got off the plane and she was like, yeah, I had a whole three seats to myself. Okay, so next time though, I will, because there was a lot of open, I don't, I don't know what happened there. You know what? It just was one of those days for me where I just was feeling a little selfish, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, back to day one. So I slept, but I, even though... Even though I had three rows, I really didn't sleep much. Maybe an hour, but still. Um, I think I slept a total of 15 minutes. I had to sleep <laughs> sitting straight up. <laughs> um, another thing that I think is important if you haven't traveled to Europe a lot 
is that majority of the time they're red eye flights. So you, you're going to leave at night and then they're going to fly through the night and you're going to get there in the morning. So they're always kind of painful. Most of Europe is six hours ahead. So when you land and it's 11, 15 a.m., it's really 5, 15 a.m. for us. Yeah. So when we land, it's not even like, okay, it's noon for us. No, it is still very early in the morning. Yeah, so we had some jet lag for sure. Um, I've always been told and taught never sleep. Um, I was told the same thing. I've never done it. And we really shouldn't have, but I think that partially was the sun, being in the water, the wine, and it was kind of just an early day. Like, we landed at 11. We're on the beach at noon. Like, it just, it wasn't like we were doing a lot of stuff that, we were just relaxing, and so then we got sleepy. So we went back, and we took a nap. We agreed to take an hour nap. We did, but we set an set alarm, an alarm so we it. would get up. Yeah, and that alarm went off. I do recall. Haley does not. I have no recollection of it ever going it off. It did. It did go off, and then it never went off again. And we just we slept for like what five, five hours. Five hours. Yeah. Five so hours. That threw off a lot of the beginning of the trip because like we'd wake up at four a.m. just roll over and be like, "What's you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> like we ate dinner that night like at nine thirty at night. We found a sandwich shop nearby. Um, and we ate dinner like at 9.30 with all the other local Croatians. Yeah. <laughs> and not the tourists. Yeah. I think it was the following morning. Yeah. I rolled over and I said, Haley, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm watching Interview with a Vampire. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, we were both awake. Yeah. So that, yeah, it really screwed up. Especially the first, probably like three nights. It was, it screwed it up. But like the day we were busy, so we weren't like exhausted. It just screwed up like our sleeping mm-hmm. schedule. Yes, yeah, so day two, we got up and we went to Lockroom Island. And so the boat that takes you to Lockroom Island leaves from within the city. Just to touch on it, Lockroom Island is literally within visible sight of um, Dubrovnik. Like you can just look out and it's right there. So it's really not a far ferry at all. It's I think like it was like 10, 10 or, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so Lockroom Island is when you Google like things to do, it's one of the top things to do. It is an island that was once a mon. It had a monastery on it and it is supposedly haunted. Um, and then I think, I think it was the Habsburgs that said, no, we're going to take this. Mm-hmm. And so basically the monks walked around the night before they were kicked off their island and chanted and cursed the island. Yeah. So the island is cursed to anyone who takes the island for themselves. Yeah. So island's cursed. Also, because royalty claimed the island, there's a ton of peacocks. Literally. Apparently, that is the Habsburgs things. Had no idea. So they brought peacocks when they inhabited the island. And now there's just peacocks there. They had like a nice little like, it wasn't even a beach. It was like, what were, what would you call them? They were rocks. But they had ladders that you could climb up out of them. Yeah, I don't even know what... It definitely was not a beach. There's it was like no, a swimming area, I guess. Yeah, there's no beach. It was like these rocks came up and you either had to jump from the rocks into the water. There was no way to even slide down them. That's how tall they were. But they went in and put ladders in. And it wasn't high either. So if you were going to jump, it wasn't probably more yeah. than a couple of feet. Yeah. So we hung out there a little bit. And then they also have um, one of the Game of Thrones chairs there. When they wrapped up filming, they just gifted them a chair, thanking them for allowing them to use the city. So we went and sat on that. Mm-hmm. We knew it was on the island, 
But we just were like, while we're here, let's Google where it is. And then I Googled it and we were standing like outside the building where it was. <laughs> I said, apparently we're supposed to go in this door. <laughs> but yeah, so there's, we know there's um, the Game of Thrones stuff. There's like some, some of those thrones hidden throughout the world. This one was gifted to them. This isn't one that had to be found. Yeah. Um, and if you watch Game of Thrones, Lockroom Island is where the city of Karth is. So if you go, you'll see things you recognize. Yeah. I mean, I think we were there for like four hours, maybe. Most of the time we spent swimming, too. Yeah. So then we got back and we walked, just kind of walked around, um, just around inside the city walls and kind of explored. We also went to see the infamous... Uh, Buzza bar. So there's Buzza one and Buzza two because this I guess got so popular they built a second location. But basically they like put a hole in the walls so you can go through them and the bars are like down the side of the cliffs and you just kind of go down. So it's a bar. It's great for like sunsets. You can also cliff jump from there. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a little bit of everything it seems like and it is so crowded there oh my gosh it was insane because it's on the cliff there's like multiple level like there were stairs and then there's like a little seating area and then there's more stairs and a little seating area like it was just kind of going down the cliff and when we say seating areas it was like tables to the side of the chair like side of the stairs there wasn't like there like was a patio no, sort of yeah. thing there wasn't i mean it was just kind of stairs stacked on whatever ground was there and it was just the most crowded thing that I've, I've, like, it just was, you had to take turns to even walk through the hole in the wall. <laughs> like, remember? Like. Yeah. And so we walked, we saw it, we were like, cool, there's nowhere to sit. We're not going to just stand around. And it was like, you were constantly in somebody's way. So we were like, cool, we came, we saw, we conquered, bye. Yeah. We so. just figured it wasn't worth, we didn't have a table. We weren't also there for cliff jumping. So we were like, it's, we saw it, we're good to go. Um, and then we walked the... The Jesuit? Yeah, I think I so. It's the... Something stairs, but that was also a big scene. So in Game of Thrones, one of the most infamous scenes is where Cersei, who is the queen, has to walk down these stairs in front of this church naked while a nun stands behind her and yells, Shame! Shame! You should be the nun. I know, the whole way <laughs> until she makes it back to the castle. What we did not realize is how much of Game of Thrones, because we both saw it before we went, is how much of it is CGI'd. Oh, yeah. Like, pretty much all of it. It, I mean, you can tell it's Dubrovnik, you can tell it's Croatia, but when you get into Dubrovnik, it's like, okay, I'm not seeing really anything. I mean, you see certain things, but you can't, like, pinpoint, oh, this is where this happened, this is where that happened. Like, you can, there's certain things you'll recognize, but it's not evident. So with the shame scene, if you remember, it's like she walks basically down like this alleyway, this whole way with people yelling at her and throwing things at her. They CGI'd that because when you come down those stairs, there is a massive square thing to the right. Yeah. There's no wall. They CGI'd a wall in there. Well, just in general, it seems like, like even the parts that were definitely like obviously like in the show... They were cleaned up to look old. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but they're, like, cleaned up to look more rustic and old. Like, you're like, okay, I'm seeing where they got this image from, but it's definitely touched up in some way, shape, or form. Where they've added to it. Yeah. And then sometimes, even in the pictures, like, because there are a lot of Game of Thrones stores oh my and gosh. tours. They've really taken advantage of it, that's mm -hmm. for sure. And they have said that more people now come to the city for Game of Thrones than for the history of it. 
Which is so sad. It is sad because <laughs> it is a beautiful city with a lot of history. And so a lot of times when we were on our guided tour, um, we'd be in one location and there'd be a Game of Thrones happening right next to us showing pictures of Game of Thrones. Yeah. So after after we walked the stairs, we, we did a dinner, which was our first big eye-opening experience because we had just gone to like a sandwich shop the night before, kind of off the meeting pass, so it wasn't expensive. This was our first like, oh my gosh, it's really expensive to eat here moments. Um... However, it was pretty astounding because we were told because when we did all of our research, we were always told Croatia is cheap. It's like everything is cheap in Croatia. Not the case. What we kind of came to conclusion on over a couple days of kind of testing it out is that basically any restaurant is going to be hefty in price. And I think it has something to do with that. They they must cook a lot there. They must not eat out a lot. So the, the restaurants are for tourists. Because when we went to grocery stores, convenience stores, the prices were like... I mean, they were so cheap. Like 30 cents for a water or like whatever. Like it was so, so cheap to, to go to the grocery stores and stuff. And there, maybe there are places within the city walls that are cheap, but maybe only locals know about it too. True. So any place where I would say a tourist who's not going off the beaten path, you're going to spend probably at least 20 bucks on an entree. Right. And that's like the low end stuff. That's not anything fancy that's just chicken with like a side of rice yeah so that was day two um day three we did that free guided tour mm -hmm. which i'm not, i like don't really remember but i'm pretty sure it was like three hours so how we found guided tours is i started doing them like when i had mentioned earlier during study abroad that's how i first learned about them and essentially what i do when i'm in a city is i just google free tours then enter in the city and a whole plethora will pop up it can be different websites, different vendors, different anything. And I've never been on a bad one. So I wouldn't say all US people, you pay for the tour and then you tip. But there are these options where, you know, the tour is free and then they're just, they're working off tips. So they're, you know, trying to be really informative and make it a good tour, which is what I appreciate because, you know, work for your money kind of thing. So we did that pretty much in every city we went to, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this guy was... This first guy kind of set the tone. He was born and raised in Dubrovnik. He was excellent. He was excellent. Yeah. Like, he made it harder for... Like, we enjoyed the other tours throughout the trip, but, like, his was just... They just didn't compare yeah. to his. And it wasn't that the other ones were bad. It was... Dubrovnik has been through a lot of history, and his family has also been in Dubrovnik for a very, very long time. So he knew a lot about the history, had personal connections to it. He was there during the wars. His wife and him lived through them. So he just had a lot of information and he was very, very informative about all of it. So, you know, prior to going, like we knew there was a war, but like I didn't know much about it. And so it's kind of bizarre. Like he, the way he was talking about it is like, it's still such a touchy subject for them because it happened in, you know, 97. And so it just kind of set the tone for like the rest of the trip because we're like, okay, we shouldn't talk about this unless it's brought up to us because it's very sensitive. You shouldn't talk about other countries there. Like, you know, how do you feel about Bosnia or how do you feel about Serbia? Like it could set somebody off and like really, because a lot of people lost their entire families mm -hmm. in this war. And their houses and everything. This was and still is the bloodiest war since World War II. Yeah. So it was it's very new it's very recent and a lot of people who lived through it are still alive and yeah. lost a lot of things because of it 
So I did just look up the tour in my email and we did the Guru Walk. That was the name of the website we found was Guru Walk. The specific tour we took was the Dubrovnik City Tour and our guide was Vlaho, Vallejo. They said it's a Dubrovnik name. If you ever meet anyone with that name, you know they somehow have ties to Dubrovnik. I don't really know how to say his name, but it's V-L-A-H-O. But the other interesting thing about this is a lot of countries have regulations for their tour guides. Like you can't just become one. There's certain government tests you have to take and certifications you have to obtain. So they're not just some guy on the street who likes history. These people have certifications and have government standing saying this is what I do and they usually will wear something around their neck that shows their certification so if the police ever see them they can just see it and keep going. Another thing that we kind of learned from the tour that we thought was really cool. Dubrovnik yeah. has never been conquered but it has had other people kind of take over it but Dubrovnik never went to war. They were kind of just like sure if you want it. Yeah yeah. <laughs> Um, so it is interesting. So like with the Venetian Empire at the time, it did have control over Dubrovnik. So they say that the Croatian spoken in Dubrovnik is very, very different than the rest of the country because they have such a heavy Italian influence. Yeah. Something that I noticed when we, we first got there was just how beautiful it was and very pristine and very white and fresh and it just looked so old like so timeless you know like it just mm -hmm. looked like it hadn't really weathered any storms and that you know come to find out like most of that city has been rebuilt um due to being bombed during that war i think he said what there were like 100 bombs within i think so i mean it was he had a map of also where they landed where they were and there were a lot of bombs that were dropped within the city walls but it I mean, it was so interesting to hear his perspective about it and him talk about living through it. The other tidbit I really loved that he said was, so the city wall, how it was built was anyone who was coming into the city had to bring a rock. <laughs> That's how they got into the city. And your rock had to be based on your height. So if you were a really tall person, you had to bring a really big rock. <laughs> and that's how the wall was built. So that's why the wall is like a bunch of random rocks kind of stuck together. It's not like coordinated brick or anything like that. It's a bunch of rocks that people brought. The other thing that I thought was really interesting was, um, well, there were two things. One, that the city feeds their cats and their birds, like the pigeons. So they are literally everywhere. Like mm -hmm. I've never seen that many pigeons in my life life cats I've seen stray cats but they all looked healthy like we were like when we first got there like what the heck these are like nice looking cats um but yeah so they feed both of those and it's because when the black plague was going around all the cats ate the rats which were carriers of the black plague so it saved their city for the most part of that kind of thing so it's kind of like giving back they um, still thank their cats for that to this day, which is why the city still takes care of them because they're like, I mean, if it worked for the Black Plague, if there's ever anything else right. that's coming in through things like that, the cats are still here to protect us. Yeah. So, and I don't really know what the benefit of the pigeons is, but they feed them every day at noon. I think it's just a show they yeah. put on. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. The other thing that was really cool was that, which was kind of funny because we were going through COVID time, was they were like one of the first cities to ever have like a quarantine system. They had like a building outside of the city where you went and had to stay for 40 days. And if you lived, you could come into the city walls. If you didn't live, then I don't even know what they dead. did with you. <laughs> I don't so, know. I guess they were like, that's 
too bad. Yeah, and um, that's they, another way they kept the Black Plague out was yeah. they made people quarantine before they could even come in. Yeah, with their rocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty interesting. And then after uh, we went to sit at the whatever the bay is, we call it Blackwater Bay because that's what it is in Game of Thrones. We actually have no idea what it is. And let me look and see. Where is Blackwater Bay in real life? Located in the western region of Dubrovnik's old town is Pile Bay. So it is Pile Bay in real See, life. See, Blackwater Bay just sounds way better. So we went sat there with, what are the drinks that you like? They are called Summersby. Summersby, they're ales. The, no, they're ciders. Sorry, they're ciders. That's what I meant to say. It is like apple juice. So when I was studying abroad, I was actually in Greece when I found them. And I have been hooked ever since. And they're not here in the U.S. And for some reason, Croatia had... Various flavors. I was all about it. We had I was to like, try we them gotta, all. Yeah, I was like, we had to, we had blueberry, watermelon, watermelon, the regular apple. I was living my best yeah. life. Every time we went to a grocery store or convenience store, we looked to see if they had a new flavor. And they're like a dollar. They're not expensive either. Yeah. So we sat, just kind of watched everything, observed the people. That was where the kayaking goes out, that goes around the city walls. So we just kind of watched them. There are kayaking tours you can do too if you wanted to do that, or if you just wanted to go out on your own and do it. We did see a dead bird that people constantly kept. It was in the water, so it was like coming ashore. Yeah. But no one else seemed to notice yeah. this. Nobody noticed it. And like, as they're getting in the kayak, we're going, because the bird is under their kayak. And I was like, it's going to touch their feet. Ooh. It's going to, it's like, you know, as good people, we probably should have told them, but what know, are we going to do? Point to a bird under uh, their kayak? True. I don't know. But anyway, so we sat there for a while and then we went, um, one guy did go kayaking in his whitey tighties. I don't know if you remember that, but he like fully no. got in in like his tight little underwear. I don't know. <laughs> People watching is fun. It know? just was so funny to me. I was like, I wish once again, I wish I could be that confident. Like, oh gosh. Just kidding in my underwear. So then we went and got tickets to walk the city wall. It was, I think $30 ish, 20 to 30. We could walk the city walls and then we could also go to the, the fortress that's near, like on the outside of the walls. It's called fortress. Yeah. Or is the J silent? I feel like a lot of languages have silent J's. We're not sure. Their language there, guys, is... Lavrov and Jack. You just sounded like a redneck. Lavrov and Jack. Okay, wouldn't you say that their language is pretty challenging? Yes, it's not... At least speaking English, it's not at all... It doesn't resemble English no, at all. No. So it's when you hear it, you're like, that's not... I've never it's heard hard, of that. Well, you know, like a lot of times it's with Spanish, you know, some people are like shy with it, but like they can pronounce what the word is. Like when you're over there, it's very hard to... Like this, like we don't know what like, that word is. there's Love a random... There's a J in there and we don't know if the J... Because some, yeah, like I yeah. said, like the Dutch have silent J's. So I don't know yeah. if the J is silent or yeah. not. So we went to this fortress because we were told that this is the best place for sunset and to see the city, which we will post a picture of that. Yes. Anyways, so we walked city walls. Let's let's touch on this. If you go to Dubrovnik, no public bathrooms. You got to pay for them. There's one outside the town. Have to have exact change. Don't know why. That makes it very hard to pee when you don't have coins. I think it's also like seven kunas. Or Kona? Is it Kunas or Kona's? I don't remember. It's seven whatever in their currency is. So it's like you have to have a bill and then coins. So yeah. it's not it, like you can just hand them one thing. It's like you have to have, yeah. you have to be ready And to it go. doesn't make any sense because there's like, what are those things that like they turn over? The turnstile? 
You know what I'm talking about? Where you put your coin in and then you can get in? Yeah, I think that's a turnstile. Well, anyways, they have one of those, but there's also a lady there just chilling, watching you. And I'm like, can you give me some change? It's just weird. So that's outside the city. Nothing inside the walls. However, there are potties on top of the walls when you go on the city wall. Potties on top of the wall. (laughs) When you go on the city wall tour and you get to walk the city, there's bathrooms up there. I guess they want you to pay for them. So no, they were free on top of the wall. I know, but you have to pay to get the ticket. True. So we did pee a few times on top of the oh, wall yeah. just in preparation. Of, yeah, just out of pure anxiety. So bathrooms, yeah, definitely don't drink any water. Uh, <laughs> but please drink water because it is very hot in that city. Uh, well, I get pee anxious. I really do. Like if there's no bathroom, it's like, no. So we walked the city walls. That was really nice. One thing to mention, it is not a, like we talked about the hills to our place, but like the whole city, like even within the walls is not flat. Even when you're on the city walls, you're climbing stairs because the back part of it is a lot higher than the front towards the ocean. Because it's once again, start, the start of the mountain yeah. behind it. So it's, yeah. Yeah. So we're still doing stairs on top of the wall. And then... We could see the buzzer bar from above. Mm-hmm. Even though you are above the city walls, it is still very hot up there. Oh, yeah. So we were trying to time it so it's later in the day and then we could go to the fort for sunset. So we were trying to time it at a certain time. If you are going in summer, I wouldn't recommend going at like two in the afternoon. No. Because it is, to there's me, no, it was hotter up there than it was on the ground. Well, there's not, not any shade either. So. And there's, you would think there's probably some wind. Not really. No. Another thing that was really cool from from the city walls is you can kind of see, like we mentioned with the, basically the whole place being rebuilt, you could see the roofs that were old. Like, and there's Mm -hmm. very few, but you could see a very difference in the coloration because the newer ones are like just orange and then these old ones have like some weather to them. So that was cool because you just knew what was original. Some roofs were like half and half. So you could see it was like what part would have been destroyed, what part needed to be replaced. So that was even interesting to see too. Yeah. So our last day in Dubrovnik, we had a ferry at one o'clock that was taking us to Havar. So we had a half day, but we got up and we started seeing things. We wanted to go shopping. We both got a t-shirt. I wanted to get a painting. So I found that. And then we were just kind of wandering. And like we mentioned, we didn't really realize how many Game of Thrones stores there were, like every other shop. It's like, it is. It, we're not exaggerating. It is just about every other shop. We found this one little store, though, because we were just trying to get away from the crowd, too, because we didn't mention the Brovnik is a cruise hub. And mm-hmm. so we got lucky the, the whole weekend. There were no cruises there. Well, Monday morning, there were cruises. And it was an Italian cruise, and you do not want to be in that city when there's a cruise. So we were trying to avoid crowds. We just kind of went down this back alley. Mm-hmm. and Because they also cluster. So when they stand and talk about something, it's like a group of 40 of them standing right. in the middle mm-hmm. of the street. So it's you're dodging other people who are walking through. You're dodging the tours. And at one point, they're in the back alleys with us. So we're in these tiny, tiny alleys, and they're all, like, pressed up against the wall, letting people go through. Yeah. So we found a little, like, wine and liquor store, because I wanted, like, a nice bottle of wine. So we walk in there, and their alcohol or liquor is, um... Here comes that J again. Yeah. Rakicha. (laughs) Rakicha. It's R-A-K-I-J-A. Rakija. Oh, gosh. (laughs) That's not right. So it's a brandy. Uh, so when I did my research, 
because that's what I like to do before I go. I'm like, what is something known for this area only? Food, drinks, whatever. The cherry one is what came up. She was saying that the OG was a plum. Mm-hmm. So she literally was just pouring shots so he could try them all. Yeah. I mean, like, she was not holding back. She was just like, oh, here, try this one. Try that one. Try this one. We got three shots in, and I was like, well, I'm really enjoying trying all of these. It is 11 (laughs) a.m. We haven't eaten yet, and we are three shots in. I was like, thank you so much, but I can't keep doing this. Yeah. We'll post the video of me trying it, because I don't like liquor. And I felt like I was Elf when you sprayed that stuff in his mouth. Like, "Ah!" (laughs) Because it just, yeah, it's like an accurate representation. (laughs) So, yeah. But I only did one shot, but Haley was... She was also kept offering them. So, yeah. I was trying to be nice and not be like, yeah. oh, thanks. Like, I mean, I found a buzz from one, so... I was... Oh, man. <laughs> I was fine, but I was like, this is not the smartest idea I've ever had. The plum one, I don't recommend. Was not good. I don't recommend them all, guys. I'm just kidding. Uh, definitely try it. At this time, we're kind of killing time because we wanted to see the pigeons at noon. Yes. In the square. That was... Guys, when I said that was terrifying, that was terrifying. It literally reminded me of like a horror movie. Let me say that this is the same square that Game of Thrones CGI'd out. So this is right there by that church, the Jesuit church with the stairs. So this is right in that main square. But all the birds know at noon (laughs) they will be fed. So So they start gathering like at 1130. And this, it's kind of a tight square. Oh yeah. But they're like sitting on top of the buildings. They're sitting on top of the umbrellas. And under the umbrellas, people are eating. It's I just want to add, I want to add something though. Had we not done a tour, we would have never known. And a majority of the people in that square eating dinner or eating lunch had no clue. <laughs> so they just like, like people were looking up like, what they, is this? They had no, that was even, that was part of the, what was funny to us was that it was like people watching these people like, what is happening? Because as it gets closer to noon, you know, the guy hasn't come out yet, but they start circling in the air and in and unison. They, it's like they, they get restless. They're like, where's our food? It's late. So, you know, they're all sitting on the building just staring and then they just start swarming just in big circles. And then he walks out and it is like they're being, he, I don't even know how he doesn't get hit by these pigeons. He must, he must get hit by them. They just dive in and it's just like a swarm. It and looks like little... It's like they're landing on top of each other trying to push each other out of the way. <laughs> it's like a it pile of pigeons. Insane. <laughs> a pile of pigeons. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was really cool to see. And we have a video of that we'll post on Instagram. So then we went to the ferry. It was $40 to get to Havar. It was three hours. And we did, we did this route because if you ever see geographically a map of Croatia, it... Is kind of cut like Dubrovnik's its own little part of Croatia. Bosnia surrounds yeah. Dubrovnik. Like I guess when they were splitting up territory or whatever, Bosnia wanted some of the ocean, and so they kind of just cut a sliver right into Croatia. And so to get from from Dubrovnik to split, you have to go over you into to, Bosnia. Yeah. And so you got to do passport and everything. So we were just like, let's just skip all that and, and do with ferry. COVID, especially with the COVID things happening, we were like, it's just we better not chance yeah. that. Well, yeah, we'll get into Havar in a little bit. What did you like about Dubrovnik? Um, I think it, the city was very different than anywhere I've been within Europe. It has a whole lot more recent history than anywhere I've been. Yeah. And I feel like when you were there, you could feel kind of what the war has done to them, when, especially when you're interacting with Croatians. I don't think you can just be walking around the city and feel it. But, like, especially from the tour guide, I got, like, how much 
this war has really traumatized these people and what it's done to them. But also the ice cream there is pretty fantastic. Oh my gosh, guys, we got ice cream every day. Let me tell you, I'll <laughs> share a secret. The best ice cream we had is at this little like cart thing right by the port that takes you to Lockroom. We got it from there twice because that was, and they have different it flavors. It was a cart. It was like a good little stand they had set up, I feel like. Yes, yeah. but if you're looking for the best, most flavorful ice cream, that's where you go. Yeah. The cart by the ports that mm -hmm. take you to Lockroom. And they have like a lot of flavors and it's gelato. It's not just ice cream, it's gelato. Yeah. Oh, uh, gelato, when I Googled like things to eat in Croatia, apparently they are known for their gelato, which I didn't know because I, I just associated that with Italy. The thing that I liked that I think the best was the walking tour. Um, I just like history a lot. And I also thought it was just really a really beautiful city. That's probably why Game of Thrones was filmed there because it's just that pretty. And then the ice cream, obviously, because everybody knows I like ice cream. And then also when you're in Dubrovnik, you have to get, and I might butcher this, I think it's a Burek, <laughs> B-U-R-E-K. And it's like their version of pastry. And it's kind of like a little, like, they have different shapes for them. They're either a little S shape or they're like round, like a little spiral round. And they've got um, like a cream cheese feta filling. It's savory. It's not sweet. And they also get it. You can also get, you know, that cream cheese feta filling with spinach too. And you can get meats if you want, but mm -mm, not about it. So... I pretty much had one of those every day. Mm -hmm. the, they were they were so good. And they were always, you know, warm. Like, one thing I hate about, like, when you go to a bakery and you're like, oh, I want a pan chocolate or whatever. And they don't heat it up. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> I want that shit warm. I uh, definitely was obsessed with that pastry. What was something you didn't like or you could have skipped about Dubrovnik? Uh... I think overall we spent a little bit too much time there. Like we took it pretty slow. I think we probably could have done that first half day when we landed and then two days. It just, I mean, the ferry, that was not yeah. really our fault that the ferry left in the afternoon. But I just think we had a little bit too much time there. From based off, you know, other people's itineraries when I was doing my research, a lot of people do two days in, um, two days in Dubrovnik and then they go to Montenegro or somewhere in around the area there's like a couple national parks and stuff that you can do day trips to probably hindsight 2020 could have cut out lock room would you say the same if you have a very limited amount of time you can cut lock room it is i mean it's basically an island yeah it's not anything that exciting you're not missing anything but if you are the world's biggest game of thrones fan and you want to see that throne <laughs> Then you do it. But it, I mean, I think that's something you can kind of take or leave. Yeah. Other than that, I really was happy with, with everything mm -hmm. that we did. And we thought about doing Montenegro. We did. Yeah. Well, I've, I've already been there on a cruise. It was a cruise stop, which obviously it doesn't, definitely didn't get a deep dive because it was one day. But, you know, I had already been there. I spent a extra week over there on this trip. And my plan was originally to go to Montenegro, but we found out while we were in Dubrovnik that there is civil unrest at that time. Mm -hmm. So we just, they said it's not the safest place to be right now. And because everyone was trying to go, it seemed like for tourists and COVID, we're trying to go to places that nobody really went to, mm -hmm. to avoid that. Everyone had the same idea to go to Montenegro. So when we saw videos of it and pictures, because we were looking at Instagram and everything else, I mean, it was a massive amount of people at these places. 
the civil unrest I, was something with the government and, and I think the COVID regulations. I'm not exactly sure what that was about. But our tour guide in Dubrovnik had said that historically and statistically, there has been a war every 50 years in Croatia. Well, in that peninsula in general, in that area, Serbia, Bosnia, Montenegro, it's just a very, it's not unsafe, but there's just a lot of political unrest at times. I've never, I will say I never once felt unsafe. No, no, me neither. Um, But I guess they just, there's a, there's animosity and I mean, like, we, there's not been a war in, what, 25 years now? Yeah. Not I think either. there's more insight into this that we can bring up that we learned in Bosnia. Yeah, um, true. So we can touch on that later as to maybe what are some issues that are still ongoing that could cause more unrest and things like that. Bosnia definitely opened our eyes to a lot of issues that are still ongoing mm-hmm. in that area. But yeah, we just want to preface that, like, there was not a single time that we felt unsafe. Not one time. Like, it's no. not... Yeah, it's not going on right now. There's just little things here and there where they start to bicker. Yeah, and they had said, like, it's more protest. It wasn't, like, a violent thing. It's just they said that's maybe not the best place to go right now. Yeah. Okay, so some things that surprised us, some fun facts. What are your thoughts, Haley? Um, things that surprised us is the price of food. Yeah. And Dubrovnik has a ton of stairs. Like, <laughs> I feel like nobody talks about that. Yeah. It's not, like, <laughs> in San Francisco, you know going. It's going to be a lot of yeah. pills. I never saw that once in any of my research, the amount of stairs there are in that city. When we would leave our, our Airbnb, we were like, do we have everything so that we do, we only have to come up these stairs one time today? Like, And that's when we're done. Yeah, like there was no going back to the place to change, like nothing. We were if like... If we thought we needed a swimsuit, we packed a swimsuit, then we packed a dry pair of clothes too. Like we were yeah. not going back up. What we also learned on the tour is apparently Dubrovnik inside the city walls itself is so touristy that most of the buildings there are hotels. It doesn't have to be a hotel. It could be whatever, like an Airbnb. And only 500 actual Croatians live in Dubrovnik. That's it. The rest of them live outside the city walls. And they're very cranky. They are just overrun by tourists. And so like at one point we were standing listening to our tour guide and this woman came by and he knew she was a local and he was like, get out, like, watch out, get out of her way. And like, you could just feel that she was just like irritated. Well, the other thing too is he said it's a lot of older people. It's a lot of people who kind of refuse to move out of the city. Yeah. So how they're walking all these stairs, I have no idea. But yeah, so that was an interesting thing I didn't think I expected. And it kind of gives you, it gives you more perspective, I think, also as to how touristy Dubrovnik actually is. Another thing, like kind of piggybacking off that is... They told us that they were at, what was it, like one-fourth capacity when we were there? Yeah, they were operating at like 25% capacity. So like, her and I have talked about it, and like, I don't think during normal life and normal tourist seasons, I would ever, I don't know if we could ever go back, because we experienced it in a different light. Where Basically like, when it was empty. It was still very busy. Especially when those cruises came in, yeah. and it was like only one or two cruise lines and even just with one or two I was like this is already too much so my point being like don't have your hopes too like this is an amazing city to visit but like if now you are not in COVID and you are going in peak season just expect to be a little bit sardined within the city walls so our tour guide showed us a picture of what it looks like normally and I mean when he showed me the picture I thought he's lying there's no way it is like She's not joking when they say they are sardined in. He said, you're standing shoulder to shoulder at all sides. There's someone like directly in front of you, directly behind you. You're basically like pushing your way through a crowd. And then there's only three entrances in the city walls. 
there's one like towards the mountain side of it and then on either side and then there's the ocean or the sea so they have to have police officers stand there and control the flow of traffic going in and out of the city because it's that bad and he said even sometimes the police officers get swept into the crowd because there's just too many people Mm -hmm. so i can i agree with you i honestly don't think i would have enjoyed the city had there been that many people. I just don't like feeling sardines like that. Well, and we don't want to, like, discourage you from going. Just have the expectation that that it's going to be very crowded. People are there because it's beautiful. So, you know. Um, The other thing that was so awesome was the water there. They have fountains all over the city. There's one on the... If you're facing the ocean on the right side of the wall. um, It's on that main strip. But it's a big fountain. Our tour guide told us about it. So we had bought water from the, like, first couple days. And then we just went and filled up our water bottle at this place um, the whole time we were there. And the water literally... I don't... Like, it comes from the mountain. So it tasted like... I mean, what is the... It the, was so good. It was so fresh and crisp. Like, it tasted it like high dollar. coming out. It, it was, was like high dollar. Wa- yeah, like Fiji like water. Like Evian. <laughs> you know how that just, like, kind of feels smooth in your mouth? Like, it literally felt like... It, it just, like, went down. Like, it was... It yeah. was nice. Yeah, it was nice. So we... That was one thing that I was obsessed with. There's, like, people that are just kind of standing there in, like, old Renaissance wear... They've got, like, a basket, and they're just, like, holding up these little strings with, like, a heart on it. And you're like, what the? <laughs> it almost seemed like, it's, I was like, is it Valentine's Day? It was here? Really, yeah, it was what pretty weird when we didn't know about it. Yes. Okay, so the hearts are, and I think the Renaissance gear is because of how old this kind of legend or myth is that this one guy who lived in the city walls was so unlucky with love that there is a church by this big fountain with the water and there is like this little almost like gargoyle looking head that comes out towards the bottom of the building. And he had said like, if I can stand on that and then on one foot and turn around and like take my shirt off, I'll find love. And he <laughs> did it and then he found love. So now like the thing is, if you stand on this thing and you can turn around, you will also be lucky with love. So that's the point of the hearts. But guys, this thing has been stood on so many times. It's just like a smooth rock on the side of the like there's not enough anything for your shoes to even grip onto it because i got on it and then i immediately like i didn't even my feet just they just slipped right off the back i didn't even like have to step down i just slid right off and what's funny is the like an addition now of so many years of this happening so many people trying to do this there's like a heart-shaped body oil (laughs) (laughs) like it's like very obvious that people have tried to put their hands on it and it literally is in the shape of a heart and it's just like kind of brown so you're just, it's just it's gross that's it's just, like from people trying to grip onto something yeah it's just so funny that was a fun little like addition also they have like these little they're very they're very baby little gutter things yes um i think i have a video of you walking in them we'll post yes. on instagram um but you see them in a lot of like places with cobblestone yeah um so they're just like really shallow but they said that if you walk in them that you'll never find love and you know Haley just strutted right down that runway (laughs) so then I naturally had to counteract it with trying to stand on that thing yeah I'd also been walking in the gutters because we didn't know at that point this was before the tour because no one else was walking in them so it was like a free path straight through oh guys do you hear my dog she's okay so that kind of wraps it up that's Dubrovnik. Uh, like we said, we got on the ferry and we were off to the next destination. So would you recommend Dubrovnik to people? Yes, absolutely. Um, like I said, I think 
I think now would still be like probably considered COVID time, but I just would advise to have an open mind because apparently it's super busy, but we didn't really experience that. So it's hard to really touch on. I would assume that it's probably as busy as like a New York City or something. I don't like Times Square. Yeah. Yeah. Like just a lot of people probably in a very small area. Um, most of the main area of Dubrovnik is like one main street. There's a square and then there's like another side street with a bunch of shops. And then other than that, that's kind of the main area that everyone's in. And so it's just really congested, I think. Mm-hmm. What would you say? I definitely would recommend Dubrovnik. I think it is a fabulous place to visit. I do agree, though, that I would be nervous, I think, my, for myself to book it again when we did in September because I'd be afraid there would be a lot of people. But I definitely would go back, and I think I probably would go back in not peak season just to kind of guarantee it's not going to be as crazy. That is it, y'all. Um, next part will be we'll touch on Habar. I'm not going to get into specifics because we're kind of feeling it feeling out, it out because we talk a lot. Um, and so I don't want to like get these to be like an hour and a half. Like that's just a lot. Definitely next one will be Havar. We are planning on getting more routine on posting every two weeks. Yeah. So just stay tuned and also follow our Instagram. It is at bucket list bums with the Z pod. Yeah, and so that's where you're going to get our updates on when we're posting, even though I said we're going to get more routine with it, but you're going to get updates. You're going to get the videos that we've talked about. If you guys have any questions or want us to touch on anything. or concerns. Yeah, just DM us. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye.